Hello, beautiful people. I am Haley, your guide to love. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Dr. Beth Westy back. We did our first podcast together on hormonal health for women. We are back today talking about fertility. Welcome. Hi, I am so excited to be here talking about fertility. This is a hot topic for a lot of people. Definitely, especially now people are home more. I'm assuming you are having more sex. Let's hope you are. (laughs) So I want to talk about fertility because this is something that, you know, obviously we didn't have proper sexual education. So hello, we all get put on the birth control pill and then we go down the rabbit hole. So Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. There's so many things I feel like with fertility and when somebody struggles with this, that's exact. you're exactly right. We weren't educated properly on this to begin with. So then when, when you're like, oh, I'll get, I was on the pill for 10 years, got married. Now I want to start a family and it just doesn't happen. Boom. Like that. Like you Mm -hmm. expect, you're like, well, dang it. What's wrong with me? And then you have to start researching and learning all this information that you were never presented with, which then a lot of times comes, um, some feelings usually come with that. Like you feel guilty oh, I'm not, I should have known this, or I should have been doing that. You know, uh, you you didn't know what you didn't know. So uh, for a lot of people listening to this, if fertility has been something that you've been looking into or are going to start looking into now, there's a lot of stuff you're going to learn and that's okay. Mm. That's kind of where I start with this for a lot of women. And, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do the video with you is because I think that it is so, it's like this topic where every woman needs to be educated on it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Every woman needs to be educated. We are not told these things. And then when we have a problem, a lot of times the only solution or path that we're given is very one track. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't, you know, it's not a one size fits all. And then if for some reason your path is going to be a little bit different than that, then, then it gets to be really hard and it's really tough to have conversations with anybody about it. So Mm. having the right support, right? Like I have had friends that have struggled with fertility, um, family members, you know, things like that. And they're like almost ashamed to bring it up or nervous to ask me questions. And I'm like, ask me questions. This is what I do. I don't, you know, but they're so reserved on it, which, and then again, those feelings around it are also something that can hold you back too. So it's, mm. it's important that you find a, a safe person, a safe outlet, a safe place to look at these things because it's, um, it's a very charged uh, topic. Yeah, I feel you on that because I was talking to a woman yesterday about this and she said, you know, it kind of annoys me how my gyno just automatically assumes mm. I'm going to go on the birth control pill. I kind of wanted to know the, the, the variety of different options, not just oh, you're automatically going to go on this. Yeah. For, for fertility, you mean? Like just yes. going and on the she pill? She tried NuvaRing and then it caused her to have negative side effects. So she got off that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the, you know, that's the thing is like, if you go a medical route, which I'm not saying there's, there's no right or wrong thing mm-hmm. here. Right. It's just, they only have these specific tools in their tool bag. So they aren't going to recommend any other things. And birth controls have a really powerful and oftentimes negative effect on the system. Being on a type of birth control that you don't have a cycle, 
is hard to come off of and then expect your body to just boom, start having a regular cycle. Moving to a pill, you're, you're still not ovulating though. That's the other misconception. A lot of women think, oh, I'm going to move to a pill and I'll, still, I'll start to have a period, but it's not a period. It's a, it's a medically induced breakthrough bleed that's not that, you know, your system still isn't necessarily ovulating. So it's really, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to be when those are your only options thinking, well, I hope I get a cycle back with the pill. And then maybe if I go off of that, I'll get a real cycle, then I'll start ovulating and stuff. So it's a long Yes. I remember you talking about that. And that was, um, yeah, there's so many things we don't, we don't know, you know, and think about it. I remember I just told you this before you got on camera, but I got on birth control and it seems like automatically that messes with your mood. So then yeah. you get put on an antidepressant. Is yeah. that combination what a lot of women, like, is that what a lot of women have to deal with being on an antidepressant and on birth control? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because they'll go on birth control either for birth control purposes and or PMS, mood, other things. And you're thinking that this is going to be great. Now, there are some women that it is like sunshine and rainbows for them. It's like amazing. They're like, this is the best ever. Yay. But not everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and for those women that have a different type of reaction and response, realize that for some reason, this might not be the best fit for your system, especially if you are having a lot more mood issues as well. And you have to go on an antidepressant. Um, I mean, that affects how your entire body system works and functions. And with birth controls and things like that, keep in mind that you're going to be nutrient depleted. The top side effects of the, of the birth control pill are from being depleted in certain nutrients. And when mm -hmm. you're trying to get pregnant, and especially from an Eastern medicine standpoint, because that's where a lot of my background is for fertility, um, is you want to overload your system with nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do you want me to dive into some of the Eastern medicine, like, yeah, you know, I love the tricks and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so, which is, so this is the part where women are, when I start talking about this, they're like, oh my gosh, that sounds so weird. Like this is very odd. I'd never heard that this was a thing. I thought you were mm -hmm. supposed to do the opposite, right? Like, of course you're supposed to eat clean and healthy, right? Lots of green veggies, lots of vitamins, da, 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 da. Oh, start taking a prenatal even before you're pregnant. That's going to help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. The healthier, the healthier you are before you even get pregnant, the healthier pregnancy you're more likely to have because your body gets this buildup of nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. So for some women, they're like, oh, I'm pregnant. Now I want to start getting healthy. No, it's what you do before you get pregnant that actually helps you have a super healthy pregnancy. So to start while you're even looking at fertility options is beautiful. So flood your body with nutrients, super dense nutrient food. In Eastern medicine, you actually want to increase your body fat percentage a little bit. So you want to have a higher body fat percentage. Um, for some women who are really active or they're like, oh, I like to be 16% body fat, that might be too low, you know, to sustain a successful pregnancy. So, you know, keeping your body fat percentage within a healthy range still, but not, not too low, essentially. So in Eastern medicine, they'll tell you to eat full fat dairy products. Full fat dairy products. Okay. Ice, ice cream every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a real thing that in Eastern medicine, they recommend to get your body the nutrients, essential fats, everything else that mm -hmm. changes your diet to help your body prep for um, a successful pregnancy. Mm. So 
those types of things. And then increasing minerals is also a, a big thing too. Um, in Eastern medicine and in Chinese medicine, salt is the essence of life. So that's especially, you know, thinking of that, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have my period. I'm, I'm craving all these salty foods. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Salt is the essence of life. So if you're getting more minerals, getting more salts in all those things, and you might, oh, I, th I thought we weren't supposed to have salt. That's not good for you. Da, da, da. Well, I mean, right, there's the moderation piece to it. But oftentimes, again, increasing those nutrients is actually going to be a healthier option for your body, for fertility than not having it. So just something to kind of think about, okay, getting all those nutrients, getting all the vitamins. And if you, some people are worried, like, well, um, am I taking the right vitamin or do I need to take one? And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have you have this insurance policy of, you know, I'm making air quotes right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> insurance policy of getting that vitamin in. And if your body doesn't need it, you're just going to pee it out, right? There you go. But if your body needs it, it's going to hold on to it. And sometimes that can help a ton and getting your body the extra nutrients it needs during this time. Mm. And I want to ask something real quick, because I know people go up and down about this. What about women that are vegans? Oh yeah. Yes. So for, I mean, if you're vegan, you can still get a more healthy fats, Co mm -hmm. coconut, coconut ice cream. Great. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> get all the minerals and all those things, having enough protein. Yes. And you can get protein from plant sources, from pea, from rice, from, um, you know, other protein blends like that, uh, beans, legumes, nuts, mm -hmm. seeds, all that stuff. Um, for most women who are vegan and they are looking at increasing their, uh, nutrient stores, getting enough healthy fats, you know, is, is going to be a next step because they're already usually pretty good about getting enough nutrients, right? Mm -hmm. If they're just, if they're, oh, I'm vegan and I just eat cereal all day. Well, that might be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it almost like, seems like they're better at it then, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, usually vegans are. Usually they're pretty good about making sure their system gets enough nutrient because if they don't, they really don't feel good, you know? Um, but it's funny. I had a, I had a, this was years ago. I had a friend go gluten-free and he was like, oh yeah, I went gluten-free. Super easy. I was like, really? I haven't had anybody describe it being easy. What are, what's yeah, easy? Really? Goes, well, a Hershey bar is gluten-free and my rice check cereal is gluten-free. Oh, I was like, is that what you're eating? Like all day? Yeah, it's great. I was so... I was like, you are not going to feel good for long. <laughs> mm. If all you've eaten this week is rice checks and Hershey bars, that's not. Yeah, really. <laughs> Technically, then, yes, come that's on. Right. Yeah. Like, come on. What? Uh, you can't blame them. I mean, you know, it's back to what we were saying earlier. It's not like any of us are taught anything about yeah. diet and nutrition. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, and for women, especially when you look at, uh, you know, history of nutrition, things like that. The tough thing for women too is, <clears throat> and why we're not given a lot of this good information is we're not told this because there is not enough research mm -hmm. and there's not enough studies done for women, especially women that are pregnant or nursing. That is a, a, a clear market decrease in any info that mm. there's been any research on. Um, the first chapter of my book, I talk about you know, the history of nutrition in the U.S. And I touch on some of these things, but if you really do a deep dive into, you know, what research is done for women, what research is there. And when you look at fertility, there's, there's barely anything. 
you know, there's barely any accurate research that's done and, and, and it hasn't been done for decades. Why? Because it just, they just don't. Mm. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Listen, you know, that's the same thing. What I talk about with sexuality and sexual education, it's BS. Yeah. When you think about the fact that, um, I mean, they're not, they didn't even study the female anatomy till like recently, you know? Yes. Right. Yeah. Like, like accurate, woman, accurate anatomy. Yes. I had a woman recently, you know, she was in her thirties and she felt embarrassed. She didn't know where her, her G spot was. Oh yeah. 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 Women not told these things again, basic human anatomy that has, I mean, honestly been the same for a real long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, female body has not really changed. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, you know what's funny is that when I was studying Eastern medicine, I don't know if you will find this funny or not, but what? when I was studying um, Eastern medicine, I, I think it was, um, I was studying a fertility and different things in different cultures in, in Japan. And they used to think that the... Um, was it, I don't think, I don't think it was the G spot, but I, I think that they thought women orgasmed through their belly button oh. or like with their belly button. Yeah. Yeah. I remember okay. coming across this and I was like, what? Like, imagine how many women were like, get out of my belly button. Like, what are you doing? Mm, my God, that is so funny. <laughs> right? Like no idea. Like no idea. Like this was the common thing. Like, oh, we're going to, you know, be intimate and it's mm-hmm. your belly button is the pleasure yeah. spot for women. I was like, well, you know, what's wait, weird. And a lot of men have argued with me on this, that when a woman squirts, it's pee, it's not. Oh no, no. Yeah. And it's no. so frustrating. I'm like, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like women have more holes, like literally. More holes. <laughs> but really. <laughs> Again, anatomy, sir. Anatomy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, probably they're watching too much porn. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Okay, so let's go over holistic options for women. Like, what would you recommend? Yeah, so, so for example, if you're a gal who, um, you know, you're you're actively trying to get pregnant, right? You're like, I'm I'm working on this fertility piece. I'm I'm gathering info. I'm looking at all this other stuff. My cycle is irregular. I don't know why, but. I'm looking at other stuff out there. What can I do? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's, if you Google fertility supplements, you're going to get this list of things. And that's not necessarily a recommendation I start with for people. I start with the basic nutrients, like yes, get a prenatal. Yes. Get some fish oils, some vitamin D probiotic, all the good things. Right. But to just start on all these quote unquote fertility herbs may not be the thing that your system needs. Some of them will actually shift and change how your body and if it ovulates, if you're not taking the right thing for what your system needs. And again, we're also individual that, so say you were on birth control for six years, you came off. And since you've been off your birth control, you have a cycle. It's just irregular. Sometimes it's 25 days. Sometimes it's 40 days and you're not sure. And you're like, I think I'm ovulating, but I don't really know. So starting place would be to really start tracking using your basal body temperature. It's like the most old school yet accurate method Mm -hmm. of what's happening in your system. And now, and again, it's really cheap, right? Get a thermometer. You don't need one of the fancy, fancy ones, just a regular thermometer. That's a few bucks at the store. Take you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. Don't get out of bed. Don't drink any water. Don't do anything else. Just wake up, 
take your temperature, write it down. And that's going to give you an accurate look at what's happening internally with your hormones. So we have this great checks and balance system with our basal body temperature that most women completely ignore or don't know about how important it is. And yet we're, we go to, oh, fertility strips. Oh, this and that, right? Which there's a certain amount of non-accuracy with some of those too, right? So again, if you're like, even if my cycle is somewhat regular, I have like a 32 day cycle. I think this is when I'm ovulating. You may not be ovulating at the time you think you're ovulating. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually had this with a friend last year. She was like, okay, I have my cycle, da, 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 da. I'm trying to get pregnant and I'm, you know, I'm really focusing our, you know, intercourse right around the, t- the, you know, days 13, 14, 15, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. She's like, but I haven't gotten pregnant, you know? nothing. I don't understand. And I said, okay, we'll start tracking your basal body. And she found out she wasn't ovulating till like day 17 or 18. Mm. Was she tracking with an app too? Yeah. You know, the app was wrong is what you're saying. Apps will tell you a timed system apps. I mean, unless you're using an app that has a basal body temperature act, you know, data that you're putting in there. When she started tracking with her basal body temperature, she thought she was ovulating. She was tracking with the app. It was telling her when she was ovulating. She was having some body signals too. Like she would, like her cervical mucus was changing, some of that stuff. And I said, listen, your cervical mucus can start changing four days before you ovulate, five days before mm-hmm. you ovulate. Technically, you're in a fertility window, but the female body is only really fertile for about 24 hours. It's a very short window. And what helps your fertility, well, so I'm talking right now a lot about female fertility. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's the other part of it, you know, the guy. <laughs> him, yeah. <laughs> him, yes, right? The brief, brief thing on him, because sometimes women will be like, okay, I want him to save up all the stuff just when I'm a fertile, you know, fertile, as fertile as possible, right mm-hmm. at my ovulation window. And again, they're thinking, so you don't, so they're actually not having as much sex as possible. And they're trying to quote unquote save it and they're missing their ovulation window. That's what mm. happens with a lot of women. Yeah. So, have sex like every day, every other day. That's, that's one. Yeah. He makes more sperm, right? He makes more sperm. Healthy male sperm can last up to four days in the female body. So keep that in mind. If it's healthy sperm, if it's not, if he doesn't have the healthiest tip top sperm, it's not going to last that long. So again, that's where having sex every day is going to increase your chances. And then of course, if you're ovulating either again, early or late, you may just be missing that window for when it's Mm. optimal, even if you're having some of those body signals, but again, tracking your basal body temperature can be a super accurate way of saying, holy crap, I'm ovulating on day 17 or 18 instead of day 14. And I had already had all the sex then on day 14. And so I thought I was good to go. So I just kind of moved on from there. Right. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm makes a big difference. So you're saying checking the temperature is better than doing the cervical mucus, right? For some women, they will have cervical mucus changes earlier, you know, like four days before. So they'll think, oh, I'm fertile right now. Here we go. Cause it just starts to change. Mm-hmm. And then you can have that cervical mucus change for a week. So it's, so yes, it's a sign that you are fertile. Yes. It's a sign that you are going to be ovulating, but the, again, that 24 hour window is what you're going for. And how do you know? So that's where women sometimes miss it. So just by saying sex every day. Yeah. Do it. Do it.
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So, and then what about, cause I'm glad we're discussing this. Um, you know, we're told too with those apps that you're supposed to view up, you know, they're kind of red for like four days. Really? You only ovulate like legit, like one or two days, right? Yeah. You ovulate. And then we're, <clears throat> cause again, this is the, we're not told all this information and most mm -hmm. of the time we only get into it when we're really trying to get pregnant. But when you ovulate, optimal fertility, optimal, um, you know, uh, where the egg meets, where the sperm meets the egg is in your fallopian tube mm -hmm. and in a specific part of your fallopian tube. So it's like, like the egg gets released and then it's on its way. It's moving. It's on its way. And for some, some women, if you you know, and this just may happen. Say the sperm meets the egg, but it's already in the uterus. That doesn't necessarily give it time to implant. So, you know, this is where that, that window can get missed. And then you have to wait a whole nother month. And your system, even if you have two ovaries, you're supposed to ovulate one side one month, the other side the other month. And for some women, they might have an ovary that just isn't producing for whatever reason, right? Like mm. sometimes that happens and you don't even know, right? You don't even know. So for women who are out there and if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going into all these things. Sometimes it's just easy to look at your system and say, okay, I'm going to give my body this amount of time, give it three months, six months, something like that. Look at it differently. Say, what if I'm only ovulating every other month, even though I have a period, even though, you know, this and that. You may have one ovary that's, you know, top notch and the other one might not be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that common for women? You know, you could have a cyst on there. If you have a history of cysts, if you have a history of something, right. And if you have a history mm -hmm. of endometriosis or other things like that too, it, it creates a whole nother layer of complications mm. there. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of women that, that have something, right. Some other factor that they're working against that they may not realize it's that much of a factor. Mm -hmm. Um, and then realize again, it's that very, it's a very small window from the egg getting released to the distal third part of the fallopian tube where it's optimal implantation of the sperm to the egg, sorry, meeting of the sperm to the egg. And then it has to travel down the rest of the fallopian tube. And during that time it's, it's going through, you know, doing its thing, um, dividing cells, all that stuff. And then once it reaches the uterus, it's able to be at a point where it can be implanted in the uterus. And then what so, you're saying, is that the span of what? Three days? Is that when it's like legit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So again, this is like a, it's like a, I don't want to say magical timing, but it's very specific. So again, if you're missing that window by even one day and you're like, oh, or two days where it's the egg is already in your uterus and you're thinking, oh, well, the egg is there. It should be fine. It won't implant it won't, right? And you just, your body flushes mm -hmm. it out and it starts again. Um, another thing with fertility too, and this is also really common and I just want to address this because a lot of people don't, is it is very common for women to be trying to get pregnant and be a day or a week late. You might not even have a positive pregnancy test yet. Um, and then you actually had a miscarriage there's a huge percentage of women that actually do get pregnant, but because that such a shift in the body and you're not used to it, that the quote unquote first pregnancy might not last. And then your system actually has to refresh and it can take 
a few months before your body's then ready for an actual viable pregnancy to sustain. Mm. Yeah. So okay. for some women, yeah, you might be thinking, oh crap, I thought I might be pregnant. I was five days late, oh, but then I got my period and maybe it was a little heavier. I don't know. La la la. Like you, that could have been a fertilized egg that just didn't implant correctly or whatever. And your system wasn't ready for it. And now it is, and it takes a couple of cycles, right? It takes a couple of actual periods for your body to reset and then to be like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Mm. Here we go. Yeah, totally. Okay. So for women that they want to get off the birth control pill, how long is the window between, okay, I'm off the birth control pill. And then now I'm, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh geez. That is, that is honestly different for every woman. Mm -hmm. There are, it just depends on your body, your system, everything else. There are some women that they come off the pill and they're like, I got pregnant right away. Yeah. And there's other women where they're like, it took me two years. It took me two years to get my cycle even to a point where it was somewhat regular. And then I had to really make sure I was ovulating before I could even get pregnant. Um, and some of that has to do with, you know, do you have other, did you have other complications before you even went on the pill? Did you go on the pill because of cysts, right? Or something like yeah. that or endometriosis, something. If yes, then your body still has that underlying thing typically going on, that hormonal imbalance in the background. And now that you're off the pill, it's now coming to the foreground and you have to deal with it. Um, Some women, you know, uh, health history wise, their system can flush that hormone out relatively quickly. And within three to six months, they can, they can get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's sort of a typical time frame to look at. Look anywhere from six months to 12 months after getting off birth control to have your body be regulated, ready to, to get and carry a, a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked how you said that too, because it's, it's really about preparing, getting healthy with whatever yeah. you're deficient on, then getting pregnant. I like yes. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Way too often we expect our system to boom, get pregnant right away. And it's, it's like, whoa, 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 buddy. <laughs> let me get situated here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me, let me figure this out. And, and the, the hardest thing I feel like, and I feel like this is probably the same thing with sexuality too, mm-hmm. is that we, we fall into the habit of comparing, comparing mm-hmm. our body mm-hmm. to somebody else's, comparing our experience and to some, even if it's a family member, right? Like even if it's, you mm-hmm. know, oh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like, so I have, a, I have two sisters, um, you know, both, uh, both me and my, and my one sister, we were able to, um, I mean, oh, well, I wasn't even trying to get pregnant and I ended up with kids. No. <laughs> I know it's funny, right? It's funny now. Oh my God. <laughs> 15 years later, it's funny. But I was yeah. actually on the pill for about a decade and my pill mm-hmm. started being wonky or I started getting my period like twice a month. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. And I called the nurse line and they were like, you're fine. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm still taking mm-hmm. it like same time every day. Well, it wasn't working anymore. And I ended up with my son. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What you think you just like <laughs> That's weird. I, yeah. I, um, I did change my diet. That's what I changed. I went gluten-free. I started taking a crap ton of supplements. I changed my health. That affects lot. your. Yeah. That may. Oh, because I was making more for fertile probably. Yeah. 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 I was really nutrient depleted before I went gluten-free 
So I'd been on the pill since I was like mm-hmm. 15, you know. And are you still gluten-free now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's great. Biggest health change in my life. I went gluten-free and everything. And again, I'm not saying this is going to be true for everybody, but mm-hmm. that that's just, again, every personal story is different. So I changed my diet, changed all this stuff. I was still on the pill and it's my cycle started doing something weird. And I was like, I don't know. Cause I was, you know, I was 24. Yeah. I didn't know. And all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm pregnant. Um, so yeah. And, and my, one of my sisters, you know, very fertile as well. She's got four kids and my other sister, she, um, you know, she, was on the pill. I don't know, maybe five years or so. Mm-hmm. So not as long as I was, um, you know, was always fairly healthy, all these things, but she, you know, struggled for almost a year and a half before she was able to get pregnant. And she, I think they, I think she was on Clomid, if I remember correctly. Again, it was a long time ago. What's They gave her, um, an, uh, to help her ovulate. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So she was, she's, yeah, she's one of the stories of like, again, this was, you know, over a decade ago where we didn't know a lot of things and, she just went off the pill and was like, this is going to be fine. And it wasn't. And then the first step was to give her a med just to see, like to help her ovulate. And then she was able to get pregnant after that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So again, even for, again, me and my sisters, same, you know, very similar backgrounds, right? <laughs> just total different fertility stories. So that is really different person to person and that's okay. You know? Yeah, Definitely. Okay. So what would you want to leave everybody with? Like what final takeaway? Yeah. Um, so the toughest thing here is to really not compare yourself to other people. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? That's, that's the thing. And it's such a personal thing that when you're ready to start diving into this and ready to start talking about it, the toughest thing is to not get frustrated, not get caught off guard, not get derailed by other people and their opinions and things like that. So I would say, keep it very close to, close to your chest. Don't, you know, when you're ready to talk about it, you can talk about it. But other than that, find resources that are quality resources and people who understand maybe your background, your history, what you may be struggling with to help guide you through this. It's not normal to feel like you have to go through it alone because it is a very common thing nowadays. Mm, Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'm glad you said that as your takeaway, because I think that so many women, this is also, you're right. It's something in terms of a comparison to sexuality where we don't really talk about, but hello, a lot of women have struggled with being, not being able to get pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, the same thing with sexuality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. No one brings it to light. I mean, that's why I think your work is so important mm-hmm. Thank you. and so vital because it's one of those things like, Hey, this is normal. Hey, this is okay. You're not weird. You're not crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this is, this mm-hmm. is absolutely something that's valid as a female experience, you know? Yes. Yeah. And to move forward working with a trusted person. So, you know, again, why your work is so important for women. Mm -hmm. Yours too. Okay. So where can everybody find you again? Oh yes. So uh, my website is www.drbethwesty.com. I actually um, have a specific protocol for fertility for women. So I have information on there. Um, if, if people want to step forward and start working on that, um, I have a YouTube channel, which is Dr. Beth Westy. I have videos on fertility, some more info for you there and Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Beth Westy. And then my podcast is the female health solution. Um, so you can dive in and start learning a ton more about this stuff. Cool. I will put your links down below again. Thanks so much for joining me. This is great. This is such an important topic. Yes. Yes.
Cool. All right. Well, everybody let us know your thoughts on fertility and be sure to subscribe. All right. Bye. Bye.